Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition and our first ever live stream of Saturday Night Nirvana. I'm your host, Mr. William B. Morgan, and I have a couple of classy gentlemen in the chat with, uh, here with me tonight, rather. First, let me head over to my Paradigm Shift Wrestling Podcast co-host, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Gene Emerson. Gene, how are you, my friend? Good, good. Tonight, I have both my lovely Groot and Rocket Raccoon. <laughs> As, as a good sense of good omens. So. Awesome, man. Thank you for being here. And last but not least, my co-host of Saturday Night Nirvana, ladies and gentlemen, Shaw. Shaw, how you doing, man? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? Good, sir. I'm doing pretty good. I can't complain, man. I can't complain. Thank you for everybody being here with us tonight. We are streaming for the very first time. We are everywhere tonight. We're on our Facebook group. We're on Twitter, well, Periscope, um, and I believe we're also on our YouTube page. They never sent me clarification on that, by the way, Shaw, so I don't know what's going on with those guys over there, um, but we are doing our thing tonight. Um, this is the first night of our live stream. We will be on our normal night uh, next week, Saturday, and again, everything we do from this point forward will be streaming. Uh, we also have Josh in the chat room from the <laughs> Paradigm Shift Wrestling Podcast. Thank you, Josh, for being here, bro. I appreciate you. Let me go over to another buddy of mine. Rage, are you there? Hello? What's up, Rage? Hello? Can, can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you, man. All right, good. Because I don't know if this, this shit is all new to me. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, let me bring in my good friend, Rage. I've known Rage for quite a number of, a number of years. Uh, Co-host of The Word um, over on the Man Network. So definitely check check out the Man Network. That's what this show will be. Um, that's our home network. So definitely check out the Man Network, guys. Thank you. Thank you, everybody, for being here with me today. Thank you, everybody, on the watching on over the um so I'm kind of nervous here guys over on the facebook page on twitter and so forth all right let's go ahead and get started shaw you are the driver of this bus where are we going first my friend all right so we shall first start with the tv shows that came on this week first up star girl no action but really interesting episode courtney meets her biological father starts out being okay ends up being an asshole happens i guess i knock him out all right cool we get a little information from um um shining knight see what happened to him and everything you know pat and what's her name takes care of him and you know as far as an episode before the final episode it was good it was interesting what do you guys think about it if you've seen it i love that episode because it shows humility on the part of courtney um i also love the fact that you saw that she had to deal. She had to give up that gut punch that her dad's not Starman. Now, I still think she might be a distant relative of Starman's in order to use that staff. That's sort of kind of my thinking, but I could be wrong there. I could be wrong there. Um, but I thought she she took that gut punch. She had to, you know, learn some humility. She also had to deal with the fact that she got two other of her classmates killed. She had to deal with all that stuff. And I personally would have waited. Until she started using the staff again, maybe around the last episode, I would have sort of kind of waited on that. But I, I, I get what I did, what they did. Um, and George Small Girl right now, 
because I've said it before and I'll say it again. Once CW gets their hands on it, that thing's done. That thing's done. It's not going to be a very good show once CW gets their hands on it. So I uh, definitely enjoy it now. I think it's two or three more episodes left. Yeah, I think it's either the episode before the last or two episodes. So definitely check it out now while it's on DC University. Like I say, once CW gets their hands on, on it, and we've seen past examples, we've seen what they've done with Supergirl once they got up from CBS. We saw what happened with Elements of the Flash. We saw what happened with Elements of Arrow past season three. We saw Elements of what happened um, somewhat with Legends. So definitely enjoy it now. Because when, when CW get their hands on it, boy, that thing done so. All right. What, what we got next on, on the plate, y'all? All right. Unless anyone wants to say anything, you no, I didn't. I didn't right. catch it, so I, I don't. <laughs> I'm gonna you guys in a second. I gotta get with Gene on some Star Trek stuff. I gotta get with Rage with some anime stuff. Some old school anime I want to give her Rage with. So I bought yeah. these guys out here for a reason. So I definitely, uh, so, I, so definitely gotta get these two guys involved. All right. So next up, we talk about Doom Patrol. Let's see. Um, Cliff meets um spend the day with his daughter. She invites him to his wedding. So good for him. Niall goes with um, her, his, his kid to an amusement park to spend the day, knowing that he's going to give her away at the end. Unfortunately, something happens, and the wax candle monster comes out, whatever. So, what's happening with that? We'll see in the next episode. Let's see. Cyborg does some other some bullshit that I don't care about. <laughs> um, Lisa yeah. also does some bullshit I don't care about. Yeah, leave Cyborg alone. Yeah. Jane goes to get a doll from her from Kay's past, only to be kicked into the well by Miranda. So that's kind of interesting. We'll see what happens with that moving forward. And that's everybody. Oh yeah, um, Larry did something. I don't know. I don't remember. He, yeah, I care only about Cliff and Jane. Everyone else, I really don't care about. What do you guys think about the episode? It's all right, man. Do Patrol. And we said, I think we said last week, Doom Patrol is a good kind of weird. If you guys never check out Doom Patrol on DC Universe, definitely check it out. It's a good kind of weird. Um, mm-hmm. So definitely, Gene and Ray, definitely check it out. Uh, I think both of you guys will like that show. Um, and another show that we're about to get into, I know you've seen it before, Gene. Uh, go ahead and break down Ages of Shield for us, show. Ages of Shield, right. All right. So they meet on Jaying. After coming out the whole time thingy, they help her to go in to um take care of um what's his name the the new bad dude um okay. I keep forgetting his name um whatever the bad guy who gets help from a young um John Garrett yeah being played by being played by Bill Paxton's son which is cool mm-hmm. they, they he gives um. Um, John Garrett, the powers of, of um of the teleporting dude. Yeah, the teleporting dude. Whatever <laughs> stuff happens, Giant ends up dying, which was a really big holy shit moment. <laughs> Apparently, um, this chick, um, her other daughter is going to be going to join them. Apparently, and for anyone who was wondering where you've seen her from before. I remember two places I've we've seen her before. One, Legend of Tomorrow. She was the Korean chick that was worshiping Gorilla Grodd. I'm over that. 
Yeah. Her. And two, she plays um Mulan's daughter in Descendants. Okay. Okay. And I think that's everything, if I'm not mistaken. Anyone? Yeah. What you guys think? Here's my thing with Agents of Shield. The whole time travel thing, it was cool at first. Now it's getting kind of old. Now it's getting kind of stale to me. It, it's like you see Brock Lesnar once too often. You know? <laughs> the more you see Brock, the less impressed you are with him, you know? It's, it's that whole thing, and this is the dynamic. I've said this many times to people. Um, DC can write you a great, te- a great television series as long as CW doesn't get their hands on it. Exactly. Uh, DC can write you a great television series, and Marvel has always had that problem of doing the the thirty minute or an hour long television show. They can shoot up great movies, but that's always been the Achilles, uh, where DC can give you really great television, but their movies are not so great to subpar. So that's that's where it gets down to it. When you're creating a, a series like the Agents of Shield and trying to fill in all that filler information between this movie and that movie and this thing and that, that it gets hard. And then you're, then you're starting to fall back on, well, what did everybody like? Oh, well, everybody likes time travel. We'll just throw time travel at you. <laughs> you know what I mean? yep. and, it's like, and, they're, and they're just destroying, they're just destroying the magic. Uh, they're destroying everything. Well, matter of fact, uh, I know some people were saying that Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., I think one where I forgot, it was comic book. Not come on, Shield. It's like a writer said Agents of Shield was doing time travel better than Avengers Endgame. I said, "Hold up, wait, really? What? They're doing it the exact same way, though. Huh? Verging timelines. Exactly yeah, same, same yeah. thing. <laughs> Not so much better, <laughs> just the same. So <laughs> you you knew that after once you seen it in Endgame, they're going to use it. Oh, we can use that in the TV show. Yeah, it's <laughs> no problem. It's no problem. Um. But yeah, it's just getting old, man. It's just getting old, and you and you already see what's going to happen with Colson. In case people don't know, Colson's an LMD now, so um, life model decoy. So you know what's going to happen. You know he's going to get. He, you know they're going to deactivate him at the end. You already know that. You already see yeah. it coming. So that's not going. That's not going to be a surprise. So plus with plus with Disney Plus coming out, and you've got the new. Um, Captain America show coming, and you've got the new um, uh, Scarlet Witch, and Scarlet Witch, and and uh, Vision, and all those new shows that they want to give you while they're making the the fourth, four uh, phase four or phase five into into bringing it into into things. The Agents of Shield is going to slowly, they're just going to slowly start pulling the oh. reins back and and throwing the writing down down down. And I, have a, I have a question. Go ahead, I have man. a question for y'all. What? Because y'all, y'all, y'all are discussing like the phases and of Marvel, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. What is like the the what is the what's the word I'm looking for? Like, what is the pinnacle of these upcoming phases? It's kind of a mixture of stuff. I mean, it's not really anything to really look forward to like that. It's like, yeah, this was cool. This was cool. This was cool, but doesn't you know? Okay, I, I think there's not just one thing to look for. I think it's it's what we're going. I think everybody's sort of 
reached a pinnacle with the uh, was phase three here with the Avengers End Game, and everybody got everything they felt that they needed. Now they're trying to reinvigorate us with a bad story for um, Black Widow. They're trying to inaugurate us with the very first brand new version of Blade, as he's going to be the first in the first set of Wave. And then that you, I can't you wait know, for. And then you know, there's uh, was it? There's a there's a few other movies too. I've I've seen kicking around trailers and stuff like that. Eternals. Um, what Eternals is going to be yeah. one? Um, that's getting out there. Um. Getting back to Black, you brought up Black Widow for a second. I'm one of the few people who say, and I'm a big Scarlett Johansson fan, they need to make that thing video on the man. I'm tired. Look, I get it. COVID-19, you had to make changes. I understand that. I'm tired of waiting on it. Yeah. I'm tired. Bro. It's, I think it's already been all been shot. They've just been holding it back, holding it back, holding it back mm-hmm. with COVID-19. I personally am getting tired of them doing that, honestly. Yeah. Like, like, I think like everyone at this point has a streaming service. Mm-hmm. I don't see, I don't see the reason why they can't just release it to the streaming services. You're gonna make your money back exactly. by just putting it on there. We don't need to be in a movie theater to see these movies. Plus, on, plus on top of it, right now, if they if they go, hey, look. We'll give it to Disney Plus. We'll give it to. We'll work a deal with you know, let's say uh, Apple, ITV, and mm-hmm. let's say Netflix to mass send it out to them at the beginning, and then slowly put it out to every other streaming service. Exactly. You're gonna make, you're, you're gonna make your money back tenfold. Exactly. Uh, because and, and the reason why I say also Netflix because they also have they have a, a show coming up, or it's a movie actually with uh, Jamie Fox, and it's talked about superhero abilities and they're like on pills and it's almost like limitless meets superhero movie every superhero movie jam back and it's a movie and netflix is, is it looks really good and it's gonna kill it here it's gonna be sometime in august the 15th it drops so it's like you know if they if they're pulling out good stuff like that and getting people entertained and getting them to sit there and watch netflix while this whole COVID thing happens do you really think that uh marvel can't make a buck by setting that movie out without having oh, a theater? Yeah, it's gonna freaking it's gonna freak it's gonna make his money back. He charge a premium for that thing, 14, yeah. 15 bucks a head. It's gonna make his money, man. Yeah. I want to see your hands and get finished off that role. That's the last time she's gonna be in that role, and it's like she's. I, think, I don't think I, so. Yeah, and I was and I was gonna say when they did the whole what was it? I think in the Avengers when they were talking about her backstory. Mm. That's when you should have done a black movie at that point. You know, right. this holding off and putting it in the phase four really didn't need to be. You're just trying to capitalize off of making a block. I get it. Um, because it really ha- helps nothing to do with the phase four set because, you know, got, like I was trying to say, they had uh, the vampire movie Morpheus going to be coming yeah. into play as well. So, and I think that leads into the whole with Blade as well. So it's, it's, They've already got stuff out there. You know what I mean? Like, you got people waiting for the stuff. You might as well start hitting it out now and streaming services where your money's going to be. Exactly. Now, Ray, you, don't, they know, now, Ray, you, you don't think this is going to be Scarlett's last time in that role? No, and in, in, in a role like like that, like in, in sort of like a badass, 
you know, uh, action lead role. I don't, I don't think so. I think it fucking, I think it suits her. I don't mean to curse, but I think, yeah. I, I think, I think it suits her. That's, <laughs> I think that's what she's good at. I mean, I, I mean, I've seen her. I know a lot of people weren't huge fans of the, the um, the the live action Ghost in the Shell. I, I personally loved it. Yeah, I would. Yeah. Like Scarlett Johansson, if you if what was that movie that she was in before? Like it was it was something um where, uh, where she oh, plays an alien. It, it's like the skin of me or something like that. Oh no, nah, it, it was a movie where like she had lost her memory, and then like oh, I can't even think of it. But it's like, but it, I, I think that she, her it it just suits her. Like she's just she's good at that. The same way, like. The same way, like Mark Wahlberg and and Leonardo DiCaprio, like you see them, and like I, like I don't know, I just see the I just like those three, like in every movie that I watch with those three in it, they pretty much play the same type of person, and I always enjoy the movies that they're in. That's just me. I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean. It's right, it's again, it's again the same with Chris Evans and. Chris Hemworth and all them, they can go off and play other roles, but everybody will always still remember them as Captain America, Thor, uh, Robert Downey Jr. as Tony Stark. They're no never going to get, they're never not going to get away from those roles, even though that they may not be, uh, you know, contracted to play those roles. Those are who they are. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. came up numerous times in many different uh, interviews and said he is Tony Stark. He is our generation Tony Stark. So no. he's never not going to be Tony Stark to somebody. So. Um, and that was once again, a lot of these guys had to be re- ready to take on those roles when you get into that character. If you're, for uh, for example, Chris Evans played um, Johnny Storm back in Fantastic Four, and everybody really oh, yeah. I, thought he, I thought he was an okay fan in Fantastic Four, but then they were like, hey, you know, we're done with that, and then they brought him back to play Captain America, and I can see more as a Captain America more than before playing Johnny Storm. He makes me sick because he's the only dude that's played two iconic Marvel characters. (laughs) (laughs) He's the only dude that played both. And then he got to be around Jessica Alba who at the time I I loved Jessica Alba back in the day. Oh my goodness. Oh my God. Not so much now. Oh my goodness. Jessica Alba... Her peak Jessica Alba for me was when she was in that show Dark Angel. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. That show I watched when I was a child, and that's when I fell in love with Jessica Alba. Most definitely. Don't forget, hey, don't forget the movie, honey. Oh, honey. Oh, sh- oh my God, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair enough. I'll give you that. <laughs> don't forget the movie, honey. Oh my goodness, man. All I don't right. think anybody was watching it for the acting. I can definitely tell you that. Oh, <laughs> Nobody's watching it for the no. You read my mind. <laughs> All right, so let's go ahead and finish. Let's go ahead and finish up the rundown. I think Umbrella All Academy. Right. One last, yep. One last show to talk about is the Umbrella Academy. Anyone who's gotten to see it since it only came out on Friday, I saw it all on Friday. Since I watched the entire day. Let's see. A lot of things happened. They ended up in the past in 1960 between 1960 and 1962. Um, Luther became a underground boxer working for a crime boss who didn't seem like a bad guy to be honest. Allison, you know, did with racism and stuff. Got married. You know, doing activism and stuff. Um, let's see. 
Klaus ends up um, starting, starting a um, cult. Ben's, of course, following him and all that. Um, the so that would be, of course, um, number five ends up in the future, seeing the apocalypse, whatever, seeing everybody who's that, that really cool opening scene, going back in time with, with the help of Hazel, who then dies, unfortunately. Let's see, um, who else? Oh, yeah, and Vanya gets hit by a car, loses her memory, becomes a nanny for a family at a farm, gets in a relationship with um, the, the, um, the mother, and gives her powers a little bit to the son, because the father wasn't completely an asshole. I mean, some of the stuff you kind of understand, you know, trying to get the kids some help instead of just, you know, none of that. See, um, so how, oh yeah, and um, Diego gets sent to a a um mental institution because when do um kill to so talking about the death of um of Kennedy. So stuff happened. They try to stop the assassination of Kennedy, which ended up being Vanya again. Only the assassination had to happen. They meet um their father again back then, and all that stuff ends up changing the future when they go back to the future. We also meet um, another character who ends up being one of the, the 48 children, or however many it was, who has powers to be able to mimic theirs. We'll see her come back at some point. And yeah, by the end, Ben's ghost died, but when they went to the future, Ben's alive, but different. We have a new group. Instead of the Umbrella Academy, they're called the Sparrow Academy. So we'll see. I mean, season three, which we're definitely going to get, Looks like it's going to be really cool. What do you guys think of it? Personally, I think it was better than season one. What do you guys think? From what you're telling me, from what you're telling me, um, it, I haven't seen any of it, but you guys, you got me wanting to watch it now with that breakdown. Um, it's awesome. Yeah, you got me wanting to watch it with that breakdown. I, I did catch the first season of Umbrella Academy, and I was waiting for it to all come out in its whole entirety with the chance to today or yesterday to watch it. But now what I've heard, definitely, I will definitely take a look at that. Most definitely. All right. I got a question for the room. I'm going to go ahead and start getting to the topics a little bit. I'm going to kind of switch things up, uh, switch this one question for myself. Then I give control back to Shaw. Uh, everybody should watch anime of some, of some type at some point. Um, mm-hmm. Um, Rage, you might be a little bit on on, on my line on anime. Um, mm-hmm. Do I want to ask you this? Do we need fan service in anime? Now, when you mean fan service, mm-hmm. what do you mean exactly? Do do we need fan service in anime? You know what I'm talking about when I say fan service. Like like a, I'm trying to understand. Like I'm uh, like a. Not a streaming service like um, nudity stuff like that. Oh no, no! Well, why? Like an OnlyFans for anime? Why? Hell no! <laughs> Hell no! I don't even like the fact that there are. I don't even like the th- that there are, are 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 services like out there. That will fucking uh, uh, uh them that they they want you to pay for hints. I don't even like that. Oh, like, well, did you know though? Did you know though? Everybody, oh, everybody, everybody's got a daughter, a niece, something like that. Did you know Sailor Moon had fan service in it? 
Oh, see that I didn't know. Now see if <laughs> now see <laughs> now you got to you want me want to do some research. When Sailor Moon, when Sailor Moon transforms, and we'll get in this, and we'll get into the show. The, her her newest the newest death battle involving one of those characters a little bit later. When Sailor Moon transforms, that's fan service. Yeah, I, nah. See, I don't think I don't I don't think there needs to be fan. Like, I feel like. I feel like people who have watched like a certain anime for a long period of time, like you have to expect that the show is going to progress like at some point. I mean, like it's going to like, I feel like, like with, with the, with the show, like Sailor Moon, like a lot of people have watched that when they were like, when they were kids. Right. So I feel like you would have to expect it to become more like, uh, what's the word? Like more in tune with who is watching it now, because in my like, because in my opinion, I feel like I feel like you're not gonna get a whole lot of people who are younger now in this in this sort of generation. To get to watch that, unless you probably, unless you have people like me and you who, like, you have kids, you unless you like introduce that to them, there aren't going to be people who who are heavy, who heavy into it, who you know seek it out. So I feel like you would have to kind of adultize it if I if I were to make up a word. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, like, be, be. I feel like you need to be more in tune with who is watching it now, and the people who are still watching it now would be adults who are diehards. Mm -hmm. I, I, I can jump on that here a little bit because here in Canada, what they did was um, YTV and a few other television stations went to Fundimation and them and said, hey, look, we would like to have them come here. We'll do the, the English dubbing. We'll pay for it. Da, 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 da. So that you had during the 90s, I know when I was growing up, we had Sailor Moon, we had Dragon Ball, and then we had Dragon Ball Z and, and GT and Gohan and all that that came later. But as me growing up now, like I have two daughters plus a, a son. Uh, and I know recently we've been before I before a situation that I'm in. But anyways, we were getting our kids into stuff that we watched. And Sailor Moon was something that we watched. And if you go now trying to search uh, for newer Sailor Moon stuff, it gets they, they do. It gets them more into the adult range because that's who it is. It's us now. We're adults. So they're trying to tailor to that venue uh, of people because that's who they had. It, it, in Japan, that show was tailored to, at that point, the still to the adult anyways and that's why they had to you know do the whole dubbing and changing yeah. certain things so yeah I, I think uh i agree you know if you're going to get somebody into it that's younger than now it's going to just basically yeah it's going to lead into being adult stuff and then it, then you gotta start pulling the kid back like eh, you can't watch this anymore you know what I mean? yeah <laughs> i'll tell you i'll tell you what i did have a problem with i'll tell you what i did have a problem with i don't know if you guys remember but Back when Saturday morning cartoons were still a thing, like when Toonami, not Toonami, um, Toon's Eye, which was like, uh, which used to be Kids WB, yeah. they had, they did Dragon Ball Z Kai, which was a very toned down version of the Dragon Ball, like of Dragon Ball Z. 
and I personally did not like it because I felt like in if if you're gonna introduce, I've, you're not. I feel like you're not seeing that in its truest form. Like I get yeah. it, Dragon Ball Z is somewhat violent, mm-hmm. but at the same time. If you're gonna get somebody to, if you're gonna get somebody into watching anime, you need to show them what it is for what it is. Don't try to tone it down just to, you know, just because a kid is watching it. That's just me. Let me head over. Let me head over to the chat room real quick because Josh brought up a a couple of good points real quick. Um, All those, all those, all those type of shows have to evolve because they have been. That's true, their audience is always changing. That's what since those shows have been around for so long. That's a good point, um, That's a good point, too. Now, you have some of this other stuff on Funimation. I'm going to bring up two shows very quickly who is very fan-serve-centric. Um, High School of the Dead, um, High School DxD, and... I get High School of the Dead because High School of the Dead is sort of kind of Zombie apocalypse, wash, rinse, repeat. We've seen all that before with The Walking Dead. So you gotta have something to bring people in. But to me, High School DHD, um, definitely check those two shows out. High School DHD, I don't think needs it because the storyline with the angels, the devils, fallen angels, it's not needed because that storyline, I think, will be captivating enough on its own to gain viewership. Shaw, what are you thinking about that question? Does anime, do we need anime fan service in anime? I mean, I think, honestly, I think to a point, I mean, they do tend to go overboard, you know, but I do think that sometimes a little appeal is not necessary, but wanted, you know, enjoyed. You know what I mean? There's, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just, they do go a little overboard sometimes, you know what I mean? Like, having 14-year-old girls with tits this big and <laughs> What I was going what I was going into that is I remember back in the day like you had Dragon Ball Z, like you had certain cartoons that were a cartoon or like for example, Dragon Ball Z, I sat down and watched it, not just myself, my parents who were older than me could sit there and watch it. We all had fun at that time sitting down at, you know, let's say five o'clock when I came on or four o'clock or even during the day in the afternoon, you could all sit there and watch it. And we didn't think it was that violent. You know what I mean? And now you get parents nowadays, oh, that's just too violent. Like, for example, Batman, the animated series, a lot of people say that that's too violent, but it had some of the best writing. Like it won a daytime Emmy for the, um, the the Mr. Freeze episode. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's like you, you got to come on here. Like when when you can captivate an entire audience and get them to sit down at that that really like weird time of of nine and between nine and twelve o'clock, and they're sitting there captivated on their screen to a animated series. It's all mm-hmm. back then was all pretty much hand drawn, and they would sit there and watch that. No, that's yeah. telling you something that that's got good writing, good story. So that's what drives the narrative. Now you get some, even with even with an anime, you get some enemies that are so tailored on driving you because, you know, of the visuals or the hard action 
that it has no story. It's just full of fluff and filler. You, right. you got to get back to what, what it is. It's, you want to captivate your audience about your main story. That's what it should be. And I think that's <clears> the <throat> reason. I think that's part of the reason why I'm why animation, not just here, but also in Japan, has gone down for me, is that there isn't a story anymore, that it's all about the visuals. Like... I just got finished, well, not just got finished, it was like a week or so ago, two weeks ago, I was watching um, the new season of Ghost in the Shell uh, Standalone Complex mm-hmm. on, uh, on Netflix, and I thought it was phenomenal. And you got to understand, I am a huge Ghost in the Shell fan. Love, I love the movies. I love the show. There you go. So I was super excited when, I, when they released it, and I watched all of it. Japanese and American dub, and I thought it it, it had it, it updated and 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 it's like it's it's in its visuals like you it had more of the um like the uh like the three D animation style now which I didn't which I didn't mind really at all I thought I I, I liked it because it still had the same uh especially with the American dub it still had the same voices from the original cartoon on Adult Swim. The story was good. The visuals were good. That seems to be a rarity now in yeah. in all forms of animation. Yeah. I think another... Oh, and you, and you hit the nail on the head. Um, all you guys did was the storyline. And me and Gene were talking earlier about anime. And it's like, in an anime of today doesn't have that. Your sword art, your sword arts online don't have that. Um, there's very few good anime nowadays. You know, a lot of times you have to go back to the day to watch your Yu Yu shows, um, to watch your mold divers. Um, there's very few that give you that storyline. Now, the two I'm liking a whole lot right now: uh, Attack on Titan and Vinland Saga. And Vinland Saga has been amazing. Oh my goodness. Um, and Taco Titan has always been strong. So definitely, you are right about that. It, anime has not been the same, and they really need to get back to, to me, stopping the visuals, per se, and getting back to writing a good story. Like, that's what separated anime from, like, American animation yeah. to begin with, is yeah. the, the story. Like, yeah. that's what captivated so me so much to like to like paranoia agent i don't know if you guys ever seen paranoia agent but it follows it follows like uh, a trail of murders from um from uh the little slugger who who kills people with a bent golden bat and the story is just so in depth and the fact that it's not people people are not actually getting killed by this person it's what's going on in their own it's what they see in their own heads and it's so much more deeper than that like it's that it's it's why i still love cowboy bebop to this day like cowboy bebop is up there as one of the greatest animes of all time because it's not it's more than just a, it's more than just a story about bounty hunters it's the fact of people it's the fact that these characters you see are stuck in 
a, a void of unhappiness that they can't get out of. So they live. So they, but they continuously live their lives, taking like finding, like you know, finding people and getting. But it, it's so much more deeper than that. I don't. I, I don't know. I really don't know what stopped. Like just writing a good story. I don't know why that's stopped. We want to take. We want to take the DNA of these characters and let that be the base of a series. Instead of the writing, and we need to 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 stop that train of thought and get back into good story writing. And I think if we do that, and you got and you, Shield Hero started down that route before they start doing this um, this weird stuff with one of the characters. Uh, now Fume, um, the little squirrel girl. Uh, once they grew up, all the anime purrs just went crazy. Um, but before then, it was fantastic. It was it, it was great. And then all of a sudden, they did that, and that changed it. Sword on Online was sort of kind of getting there a little bit until the sister started falling in love with the brother. Then I was done. I was yeah. just done. I, I, <laughs> I can't do it, man. I can't do it. When you're, okay, when you're writing anime, when you're writing good video game, uh, writing a good television show, if there's no substance within your story, the story doesn't have you captivated and wants you, that you want to continue to keep it going, what's what's the sense? It's like, it, let, let's say, for example, if you had our, our, the Arkham City games with for Batman, mm-hmm. the reason why people kept playing them and wanted the next, next installment is because the story was good. You had the base writers from the animated mm-hmm. series, you know, trying to write you something. Yeah, it was it was all over the place at certain parts, but it all came together to a, a good narrative. Um, so yeah, that's the reason why you, you why you play a game or watch a movie or whatever. It's the story, the baseline getting down to it, the bread and butter, the meat of it is always story driven. If there's no story, what are you watching it for? You know what I mean? And exactly. you and you can tell. And you can tell within the first few minutes of, of watching something whether it's going to be nowadays whether it's going to be good or it's just nothing good at all. Um, you know, uh, for again, like I'm watching, I uh, watched a show on Netflix which was called Cursed. It's a backstory behind the Lady of the Lake and Excalibur and all that, and it's really good, really captivating story. Sat there and watched the whole thing. It's really, really good. Um, great story. So whatever they else they put into it. You you're okay with it if it's you know stream visuals or whatever as long as it helps drive the story a little bit then that's fine it works it goes with it you you allow it but if it's just the whole show if the whole show was basically around you know killing guts blood and there is no story then after a few minutes I'm like yeah I'm not going to watch this I'm done with it you know what I mean so exactly yeah let's see Will clowns me Will clowns me. But this is why I've been enjoying the hell out of Scandal. See? <laughs> <laughs> I'm fucking see. I beat myself up for not watching this when it was on, oh. but the twists and turns of that show is oh, no. it's 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 good. The story overall is good, and it's not like you know you know what it is like. I really think see, M Night Shyamalan should really be taking notes from Scandal, because it seems like, how is it that, you know, I've seen, 
I've seen a, a lot of M. Night Shyamalan movies, right? I haven't seen Unbreakable, Split, or Glass yet, but I've seen most of them. Hmm. Why wow. is it that every M. Night Shyamalan movie I, I see, there's always some twist, and the twist to me makes no sense whatsoever. <laughs> like, The Village to this day is still a movie that I hate. Yeah, I, I hate The that. Village. Okay, okay. Now, see, this is the thing. I, during high school, I didn't take I didn't take a university course. So don't don't kill the messenger here. But I did during high school. I did take film and video. Um, mm-hmm. I was big in, in in the movies. I loved it. Um, one, I'll say this right now: one of my favorite directors of all time, Alfred Hitchcock, hands down. Alfred Hitchcock and and, and uh, Steven Spielberg. But mm-hmm. the whole thing with Sam Raimi, or not Sam Raimi, uh, but. Uh, you were saying there, uh, M. Night Okay, he had a peak moment, and which his peak moment was when he did uh, The Sixth Sense, and then he went ahead and wrote Unbreakable. Those were his peak moments. Every movie in between, like The Village, he was just writing that for the sense of right. It was the most stupidest thing. It's like the same <laughs> idea. Stephen, it's the same thing with Stephen King. Stephen King will, out of every novel, out of every great novel, like a good uh, dream catcher, it, uh, you know, Cujo, you get a few fluky, you know, like Tommy knockers and you know what I mean? Stuff that was just like, really? Did you, you know, yeah. you know, it's the same, you know, the same thing we can say with Steve, with, with Steve, uh, Stephen King. You know, he gives you Green Mile and Shawshank Redemption, and then he'll get, you know, some bad, you know, Pet Cemetery. The book is better than the movie, and you know, whatever, right? So, it just and they they revere him. Then they they revere that guy. They re- another see and that see I keep and I keep talking I keep talking shit about uh, uh, the village, but then I keep forgetting how much I hated After Earth too. <laughs> Dude, After Earth is is look. Aside from look, I'm not gonna look. I'm not gonna fuck up William's show and bitch about 365 days. I'm not gonna do that. But thank you. After Earth, After Earth was fucking dreadful. The just the story made no sense. Jaden Smith talking in this broken South African Australian accent made no sense. And then you have Will Smith. See, and this is why, like, like I, like, I, like I have jokingly say this. I'm like, yeah, he plays, he does play the same guy in every movie. But like, there, there are certain movies that he plays in that same guy, and he's good at. It. And here, he tries to do a role that is so not like his other roles, and he bombs at it. And I'm just like, every time I see a Will Smith movie, I feel like every director who talks to Will Smith should go, you did After Earth. That was your peak low from now on. Every movie you make afterwards needs to be better than that. Did you see, did you see Gen- uh, at, at Genesis? Did anybody Genesis? Catch Genesis, yes. No one saw Genesis. <laughs> okay, let, let's put you this. I've seen the movie. It's Will Smith when he take it. Basically, the idea is they clone him, and he's like a super soldier type idea. He's oh, older. Gemini Man. Gemini Man. Yeah, that movie oh. is phenomenal. Phenomenal. So that, that that's better 
will then after after oh my god like now bright is better will smith acting than after oh no oh man all right, all right, Shaw. I didn't mean to take your thunder, sir. Let, let's go ahead and get to the rest of the topics. My bad. <laughs> all right, no problem. Oh, that's so good. I got it. Got it. All right, so first off, DC and Warner Brothers are doing an adaptation of Batman Death in the Family, but with an interactive twist where you get to make choices, see different things happening. There was a trailer oh. that came out recently. What do y'all think about it? See, man, that's just wrong to me. Because now you get it. People just wanted that so they can kill Jason Todd again, I swear. Didn't they already do something like this? That's all like you with want? the Telltale games? Yeah. Yeah. yeah There's a um, movie. There's a movie this time, though. So all people want to do is have a reason to kill Jason Todd again, I swear. Well, well yeah. If we go back and you rem- if, you rem- if you remember the original first one, how we got the Red Hood and Jason Todd, how that all happened. That was actually a phone-in, by the way. You called into D.C. and you said, hey, who should live and who shouldn't? And they killed off the new Robin because of that. Um, I, I don't think when you're doing, especially a movie, to do something like that, it, it's great that you're giving the people the choice, but the people don't know, nor, nor can I say they know the narrative of the story. Right. There's probably going to be select few of us who've read comics and whatnot and going to go, okay, this feels good for the narrative because right. we know because we've read enough of them. But if you get that casual fan, casual fans are going to do whatever they make themselves feel fine. And you better get ready to watch a really could be great or bad movie at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So true. How about when is, when is my Batman beyond movie coming out? Waiting, bro. Well, no, yeah. I mean, Waiting, we can talk bro. about it, but, we we, we we can always Michael watch the, the Revenge of the Joker, Batman. You know, <laughs> Michael Keaton is the perfect old Bruce Wayne. Perfect. Oh, what? Nobody like George Clooney? I did. <laughs> okay, oh, sir. I, mean, I have one. I, I have one. I have one I mean, quote I'll, for you. <laughs> one quote for you. Bat credit card. Look, there you go, back. <laughs> okay, yeah, true. Okay, we don't give you that. Clooney, Come on, Clooney Uma actually Thurman, even man. says this. Okay, George Clooney has a picture of that handy in his office to remind him of a bad movie. How bad <laughs> that was. So if that tells you something right there. You know who needs to stay far away from any Batman movie from this point forward? Val Kuhlman needs to stay away from any yes. Batman movie. Going I, actually, I actually didn't mind Val as Batman and Batman Forever mm-hmm. because, once again, he had a great cast to play off of. You had Tommy Lee, you had Jim Carrey. Yeah, you had good people to play off of. That's um, and that, that goes the same with Michael Keaton. Right. Uh, but the whole Chris Nolan Batman series, uh, I didn't actually, uh, I don't mind that. And I didn't mind um, who they had the last Batman there, uh, who also used to play Daredevil. I didn't God mind damn him. Ben Affleck. Ben, yeah. a- he, ben Affleck makes a better Batman than he does a Daredevil. I don't, I don't, see, that's the thing about Ben Affleck. 
I can't see Ben Affleck being Batman. That's even though you know it's out there. He he's doing the. I just don't. I can't picture him doing that. Like Robert Pattinson, I can definitely he, see doing it. the The reason why I say he's a, it's because of the the idea they're going with the Batman. It's the more of the Frank Miller style, and that Ben Affleck can give you that Frank Miller style type Batman. Where you start seeing it, you know, Batman versus Superman, and then the Justice League. He plays that character well. The gritty. He's still a billionaire, but he hates on everybody, you know, type character. It works for Ben Affleck. Uh, I, I feel him better as a Batman than I would ever say, you know, oh, if somebody said to me, could you bring him back as the Daredevil? Like, no, no, no. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Let's play any more blind people. Blind people do not work for oh, Ben Affleck. Too, also, part of it you can blame the actor, that's true. But that movie was way graphically. It was way too dark. Way too dark. I the, mean, the problem oh in the whole for me was you had casted two really great actors for villains, mm-hmm. and you had a subpar in your hero, which was Ben Affleck. Right. To Michael Clark I don't mean to. I don't mean to also. I don't. I really don't mean to ruin the show by saying this, but I, I've 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 been on the record saying that I don't think Batman is a superhero. He's a vigilante. But again, I'm just no, going to leave that out there. No, no, I, I agree. I agree with you. What makes him, for me, uh, it, it, what makes Batman a good, good Batman, like um, Kevin Conroy when he does the voice of Batman, that's Batman to me. Is a guy that can, that can pull off, pull off even as when you hear him as Bruce Wayne. There's only like this much difference between his Bruce Wayne and his Batman, and yet people, yeah. even in that series, like if you if you go from the Arkham games to even to the animated series, don't know that he's not Batman. Where if you look at every, even in the, the, the movie, pretty much you either have to give him a voice changer or he's got to come into a pretty, pretty voice. Really, he only sounds like he's not talking English right. to, yeah. to, to, to change. When you can have a guy that can just mask his voice just this much and that that that's the whole difference. It's not glasses it's not anything else that's what creates you a good batman yeah. he has a vision at the end of the day but what made him be a superhero is because he automatically was a detective he was a super brain detective he should have been on the police force but he never was and let's also don't forget he did beat all of the justice league let's not just not forget that part he beat all yeah of but no i mean this is no small feat my friend I mean, I don't mean to downplay this, but it's like, okay. Think about it for a second. Go back and look at JLA, JLA, Superman, Martian Martian Manhunter, Wonder Woman. Those three by themselves were very impressive takedowns. Very impressive. A Kryptonian, an Amazon, and a freaking Martian. But then I would ask, but then I would ask why. Okay, not why. Like Mm. I feel like that is something. If 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 he knew, if he has, if he has the know it all to defeat the Justice League, like he's as as a detective, Mm. I feel like that is something that you should 
already be privy to known. You know what I'm saying? Like, like when I think of like when I look at a detective or even like a, a cop or whatever, I feel like there are details, even with like within a crime scene, mm-hmm. that you should know f- flat out off the back. You know what I'm yep. saying? Please. So that's what. So I guess what I'm saying is. I feel like that's something he should already supposed to know. I don't feel like that makes him special. I just feel like that's what he's kind of supposed to know. I, I I just think he's a super. He's a superhero. Uh, he's a superhero in my opinion because he's more extraordinary than anybody on this call. He's more extraordinary than anybody on this show right now. Uh, I think that's what it sets him apart. He's the strongest a human can possibly be. He's smarter than most. I mean, this man can remember a jaw he just punched. I mean, he he's Jesus. Yeah, I mean, he's just amazingly sick. Now, is he, is he realistic? Hell no, because <laughs> he, knows, he knows twelve martial arts where it takes people a lifetime to learn just one. But if we're just speaking as a comic book character, I think he's a superhero because of how extraordinary. He is. Remember, you don't have to have powers to necessarily be a superhero, and a superhero can come from anywhere. Yeah, and it was it, you got to look at it from a writer's perspective. Okay, if I'm looking at it from Superman, Superman's this alien who's come to our planet and is now given the ability of powers, and he's the Almighty. For sure, cannot be defeated, right? So how do you, as as a another comic book writer, go? Oh, I, I, you got to make a hero, but at the same time, somebody that could possibly defeat God. Why not be a normal human? Why not it be somebody just you know your average day? Well, not really average day Joe, but somebody who decided, mm-hmm. you know what, I'm going to train myself to the perfect peak. I'm going to learn all the knowledge that I possibly learn that I'm capable of learning. And be able to take down God, you know what I mean? And it, you know, when Frank Miller wrote that 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 scene where you know he he beat Superman to the pulp, bloody pulp, Superman's almost dead, and he looks at him, he goes, "Now just remember, I'm. You can tell everybody I'm the only guy that ever beat you because he used kryptonite against him and he outsmarted him." There's only one person in the. There's only one person in, ever in the DC universe to be able to do that, and that's Batman. You you have to have the guy that is. Normally, weighing weighing the scales of justice all the time, mm-hmm. and he trained Dick Grayson and every and all the Robins and all them, and they all had that same balance. They had that same moral compass. Where you will get times, Superman will go way too far left. Batman's the guy that brings him back. Right. Wonder Woman goes way too far left. Batman br- brings her back. You know what I mean? So there's that the conscience of the whole group is Batman. He's the glue that fits everybody together, whether they want to say it or not. And I'll sum it up, and I'll sum it the, the close of this topic up with this: the man has your respect of dark side. No said. Jesus. No mm-hmm. said. I mean, you know, no said, man. I, I, and that's why I think, you know, he. That's why I think he's a superhero. Um, but again, the vigilante part, I, I get what you're coming. I get where you're going with that rage. All right, Sean, what's the next topic, my friend? Right, next up, there's a release date for Star Trek Discovery being October 10th. Anyone interested in that? I didn't catch the first season of Discovery because I tried to here in Canada, and every time we tried to catch it on something, they were always like, I gotta watch it here. But 
it looked like a good series. Uh, I do like bad stories, especially when it goes into the beginning of, of Star Trek itself, like the original generations. Uh, so definitely like that. So yeah, I'd definitely be interested for sure. Yeah, me too. Me too. Matter of fact, Sean, Jim was telling me about Picard, and I got and I got to get on that because he was telling me Picard was amazing. Yeah. Oh my goodness, Picard's great. Yeah, he was telling me Picard was amazing, so I gotta I gotta jump in on that. Most most definitely, yeah. I will jump in on that. A lot of respect for the past, a lot of respect for the future. It's really good. Yeah, I gotta it, get on that. It was phenomenal, and uh, I do know that they already have some. Uh, they have Gaia coming in in season two. They, he, uh, uh, Patrick Patrick Stewart went to the View and actually asked Whoopi Goldberg in person, oh, "I want you," and that was perfect. I was like, "Yes, can't wait!" Because Gaia, I was one of out of all the generation characters, she was also one of my favorites. So, don't get me wrong, Whoopi Goldberg has had her moments as a person. I I might not like her opinions, but Gaia was always a strong character within yeah. the whole generation. Yeah, yeah she was. It really was. All right, well, what we got next on? On, on tap shot. All right. Apparently, Helen Helen Steinfeld has been in talks to play Kate Bishop in the new Disney Plus Hawk, Hawkeye series. Yeah, that's um, that, that got yeah. Did confirmed this week. I thought I thought so. that that got confirmed this week. I think. Um, I'm uh, not sure whether it's completely done, but mm-hmm. she's at least in talks at least. My thing is, are you going to see her? Is she going to be a standalone or is she going to be more the Young Avengers? Um, from my understanding of things, what they want to do with the, these shows, uh, with, uh, at least with the new Hawkeye, is to build a story that will move into something with the phases, I guess, is what they're mm-hmm. trying to do. So it's yeah. like... Um, Basically, uh, if you if I bet everybody here's catched the, the ending of of Endgame, mm-hmm. where you had you know the Falcon is now the new Captain America, so it's the story, pretty much those stories. Bucky and him are going on like you know event, uh, like uh, their own adventure. This is how they're going to tell the story within that time. So basically, until the next movie being Blade, it's going to everything's going to filter in so where it's like they're going to create a new Avengers like they have in the comics and then they create a new villain and that's how they're going to do it. So if you're not catching these side stories, then you're missing pieces pretty much what they were trying to do. Pretty much what they were trying to do with uh, Netflix with uh, Jessica Jones, Iron Fist and uh, Luke Cage. I got a problem. I got a problem with. I know some. I know some people got a problem with Sam getting the shield. Um, a lot of people think it should have went straight to Bucky. But correct me if I'm wrong. It went to Sam first in the comics, right? Yeah. Yes, it did. Uh, Didn't it? I, I thought. I thought. Yeah. Pretty sure it was Bucky first. Oh, I mean, Bucky. Yeah. Yeah. Right I think Bucky was in. It, it, like I think that was like an alternate universe or something like that. Bucky was took over for Cap. I know. In the what they had in the end of the actual Civil War in the comics, it was Sam who takes over no. because no, 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 nope. after Civil War, that that was that was Bucky. Bucky oh, that was Bucky. Captain America right after. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was wondering, like, was there something before that I didn't know about? But no, <laughs> after Civil War, Captain America died. But I, I think, Bucky I America. think, 
I think though, in like for the cinematic universe, it plays better that Sam takes over. It just feels better because where you've got uh, Bucky Barnes still, if you want to sort of say, or, or, or Winter Soldier still trying to, it, it feels like he's still trying to find himself. Right. He's in an okay with the new arm, getting, you know what I mean? He's got to get over a few few things. I think if you get later on the Winter Soldier uh, Captain America series, there's probably going to be a point where you're going to see Sam gets to a point where it's going to be too heavy for him to carry the weight and probably Bucky will kick in. I think that's what they're going to try to work towards. But it's so all the same. America, maybe. That could be a possible possibility because you've always had uh, Captain America at one point was like just called you know, the agent for a while where he's yeah, yeah, yeah. so, and then we have a US agent later on down the line. Yeah, that's pretty much the incarnation was the we had a US US agent yeah. yeah, yeah. And who's to say that they don't they don't see how can I put this? You you know Chris Chris Evans probably gonna do a bunch of other movies, but does he's gonna watch something and it's gonna give him that butt that they be like Hey, maybe I'll pick up the mantle of Captain America again. Show up in a movie. Man, yeah, I need another. I need another chick. Maybe I'll just pick it up. One more. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> another chick. Maybe another chick. All right, so what we got? What we got left on the docket? All right, let's see. Also, The Witcher is going to have a live action spinoff that's going to oh, be on shit. Netflix at some point. I think it's going to be following. Um, what's her name? The the white hair chick. I think. I'm not 100% sure. Oh, you mean, oh. um, 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 if you guys haven't played that game yet, it's freaking awesome. I played the third one. Oh, oh, third. I, haven't, I haven't played the game. I watched the show on Netflix and I loved it. Yeah. Loved it. No, Siri, Siri is her name. Would that be that? Oh, the, okay. the, yeah. Yeah. Because be, number three was. Um, um, Right, speaking of um, streaming services, HBO Max just recently added Harley Quinn animated season, series both seasons. So if you guys will be watching watch it. That now. Mm-hmm. Let's see. There's also a release date for Sonic the Hedgehog 2 in April 28th, 2020. Maybe that, not 2020. 2022. So we got a release date. It's coming. Is Jim going to play Eight Man again? <laughs> and I, I really, and I really mean this because I've been, I've been very hesitant on watching um, Sonic the Hedgehog, the, the the movie. How is it? It's good. Uh, it's really good. It, uh, yeah, I know you watch No, really honestly, I've I seen it, and Jim Carrey played a very good Ape Man. It was, it was his his bits when he needed to be was funny, but he gave light life to the character that we've seen and it was it was it was it was wasn't that bad of a movie like it was fun it was enjoyable I know it, was a be- it was a lot better than that than hop i will say that because it was almost like this that same idea have you ever ever seen the movie hop you know oh that's the exact same guy but it was done a lot better. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh my god you mean the the yeah. the east the easter christmas movie <laughs> Yes, the yeah. Easter Bunny movie. Yes, yes, yeah, and it's almost oh. exact. The, the only the only difference is uh, the main guy, same main guy in the movie. Just the story, di- the story was a little different. <laughs> oh, man. Right, right, right. right. Uh, so All right. Also, um, 
the DC Comics just announced a new Injustice project. Whether that's going to be new comics or a new game, don't know yet, but yeah. something new. I am so happy. And yeah, that's all of the news we got. We got a couple of topics to talk about. A WB. couple, not many. Oh, oh, games are gonna oh, fuck oh, that oh. game up. I am so happy about that Injustice news mm-hmm. because anytime we can get a dark Superman or a dark type Superman, I love it. I love mm-hmm. it. I love it, I love it because it's him. I enjoyed uh, you. You you like it now. <laughs> you like it now, but then wait until they lock those characters you want behind a paywall, and then you're <laughs> going to be singing a different tune. Well, the, the story is great. If, if, if anybody hasn't seen or heard the story of Injustice, it's a great story. Joker yeah. does his best to create the dark, evil Superman. So it's like definitely something to check yeah. out. Check out if you haven't played. Uh, Injustice Gods Among Us or Injustice mm-hmm. 2 or if you hadn't read any of the comic books because they all filter yeah. into one thing yep. you got you. Go ahead. Go get those because they're yeah. definitely yeah. It's definitely, definitely really good. The comics are really good. Yeah. yeah. Really, 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 really good. Yeah, um, and it's all yeah. played and pretty much the okay. comics are all played off from the video games because it's the yeah. same creators. Okay. You all King Shark and um, um, Talking Whale chick get together. And <laughs> And you also get, if you go back to Justice League Unlimited, uh, I think it was before Unlimited, actually. I think it was in the first Justice League series. We ended up getting the Justice Lords. And I thought that, and I thought that was sort of kind of cool, too. It wasn't exactly like, you know, Injustice. But that Superman, oh, I take him all day versus this Boy Scout Superman. I mean, yeah. even at the end of that series, when they finally beat the Justice Lords with Lex Luthor's help, you saw Superman with a, a little American flag sticking it all out like the ultimate Boy Scout. No, we don't like that Superman. We don't want that Superman. We want a Superman that's dark and evil. That's what we want. <laughs> uh, that's what we want, man. Woo! What we got next, y'all? All right, so a couple things to talk about. First off, the next death battle will be Beerus versus Sailor Galactic, or however you pronounce her name. Galaxia. Oh, yeah. What y'all think about that? Here's my thing. We talked about Sailor Moon a little bit earlier. For those who Mm -hmm. haven't been watching, Galaxia was actually an enemy from Starlight, which is the series after. We never got the original broadcast because of the Sailor Starlights um, with the inference of them being trans boys during the day, female warriors at night. Um, that was a little too much for us on this <laughs> post, but yes, but yet and still, we got James and Pokemon with, with breast and playing female, <laughs> female apparently, and Pokemon all day on things. So, you tell me where that makes sense. But, um, here's my to be fair, to be fair that episode actually got banned, it did, it did, yeah, yeah I mean, it did, but a very few times. But with Galaxia, here's my here's my case though. Sailor Moon beat you with the power of love and justice. So I sent you that. She basically beat her with the power of love and I'm gonna make sure that I take you back to your past, the past that you love the most, the time when you were most human. And next thing you know, she wins. Barris is not gonna give you that luxury. Barris is gonna go straight for the kill shot. And the thing with Barris. There, 
Spear of Destruction. That's right. There's no one. There's no one in Sailor Moon's universe that can match four of the strongest DBZ characters. There's no one that can match Goku. There's no one that can match Vegeta. There's no one that can match Topo. There's no one that can match Jiren. And if you're going to add a fifth, it would, it would be Beerus. And there's nobody that can match Beerus in Sailor Moon's own universe. Hell, she lost to Sailor Moon. So how's this going to be a good death battle? Now, I, I admit, death battle Ziggs and Zag from time to time well, but, wasn't it one at uh, one time we had death battle? We had Deadpool versus Pinkie Pie because they both broke broke the fourth wall. Mm -hmm. I enjoyed it. I don't get me wrong. I enjoyed it. Oh but, yeah. But it's and it's the same crazy. thing. You had, you had the mask and and again Deadpool and the mask trumped Deadpool because he's just so your strongest character from Sailor Moon. Your strongest and well. Strongest one from Sailor Moon versus Second strongest, yeah, versus mm -hmm. versus you know some yeah a god. It's pretty much you you know this is going to be one of those gimmies where it's like you know unless they can find some way of mathematically making the power ranking go way up, it ain't gonna happen. And and I and and, and I saw that. The calculations, Death Battle has like a 57.1% win rate in Death Battles. That's what Dragon Ball characters have. So uh, this is a weak attempt. I, I don't get it. I don't get it. The last one with Wonder Woman versus She-Ra, that was a lot better than what, what I think this is going to be. Mm -hmm. A whole lot better. Oh, my goodness. What, what, what's left on the docket, Sean? All right. Now, I'm not sure about this. I assume you guys will, will know more about this myself. I saw a picture on the internet where you saw Super Saiyan 4 Goku and Super Saiyan 4 Vegeta along with Super Saiyan Blue Goku and Super Saiyan Blue Vegeta. Was that real? Is Super Saiyan 4 becoming canon? Y'all know anything about that or what? Or am I just, what? Y'all know anything about that? As far as I know, Super Saiyan 4 is not, is not canon as of yet. Um, it's still only on GT. Um, what they're trying to do now with Goku, they look like they've added another type of power up to Goku in the manga. Um, from what it seems, um, I don't think. But I don't think Super Saiyan Four will ever Super Saiyan Four would ever be canon. I don't think it ever will be. I think it gets that far as Super Saiyan Instinct, and that's it. Um, and Dragon Ball is a whole different conversation because you got. Vegeta, we talked about it before. I don't like the way they take Vegeta because with Vegeta, it looked like they're trying to take Vegeta and make him into another Goku. I don't like that because it takes away from Vegeta's own individuality and power set. Now they've given him instant transmission. What? Yeah. And, and, and then at the end against Moro, Moro's bodying all, he's bodying all the Z Warriors in the manga. He's, Body and all of those guys, you make Vegeta to the point he can beat them, but then there's another pull, there's another power up that Merle just pulls out of his ass and becomes stronger than Vegeta. And then you come to the same rinse and repeat formula with Goku coming down to save the day, yeah. And it, and it, get, it gets back to the way the, the manga is written, where it's like Goku is always the savior. 
Vegeta is just, you know, the side care, the side chick, you know, pretty yeah. much. Yeah. You know what I mean? He, that's, 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 that's always been the way. You, after a while, when you start writing your manga that way, and then you have to, like, try to make certain things canon, it's hard. If it's not canon within the manga, it'll never be canon in the shows. And, you know what I mean? It's just, it's just when they do these movies and they go, oh, now you're Super Saiyan 39 or whatever. And everybody's like, is that canon? And it's just like, no, no, they just did it so that they could pull this power up so that they could do this for the movie and so that we're not going to be going like, oh, my God, this guy's more powerful than everybody else. You know what I mean? What the hell happened? I thought Vegeta, I thought Vegeta came to fucking Earth to try to kill Goku. That's what he always says. I'm coming to kill Kakarot. Now there's sidekicks. Yeah, yeah they, they, they 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 later on in the series. Yeah, they become. There's even a fusion where they become Go Vegeta or Goku or Goku, and it's weird. You're just like these two guys are supposed to be like mortal enemies, but yet they're friends now. It's just like what? Yeah, like, yeah. you know what I mean. They get this bromance at one point. Dude, this is why I find it. I, look, look. But I, believe me, I really want to go back, and I really want to. I would love to binge all of the Dragon Ball, uh, shall we say, universe. I would. I would love to do it. It's just that there are so many episodes. The thing with Dragon Ball too, they abuse cinematic time so badly. I mean, because you look at Z. It abused it. Super somewhat abused it before the tournament of power. Uh, it, it, it's just crazy. It's just thick. Um, but yeah, there's some people in Z who I feel sorry for or Dragon Ball in general I feel sorry for. Go back. Piccolo needs another form. He's never gotten a form past Z. Um, nope. They did my boy hit wrong and super. Piccolo, they did Piccolo wrong in the, in the tournament of power once again, and then with the weight, the form that they have right now is one of my one of my, one of my hated characters was always Krillin. Krillin. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, Krillin. <laughs> yeah, but and then they gave him like almost like made him look like a Dragon Ball, like a human Dragon Ball with the dots. Like what? Come on, please. <laughs> And then, and yeah. then, the thing made, and then the thing that made me the thing that makes me upset about Dragon Ball is the fact that you just you are so stuck with Goku being a hero, it takes away from the other characters of the show. After Super, if Toriyama wanted to keep it going, we could have got a Universal Six spinoff show. It should have, it could have showed Kel Khalifa, um, that form of Broly. If you did want to bring Broly back. Um, or you could have went. With you could have you could have talked about the stuff prior in uh, on sand before them coming to Earth. You know, I me mean, before that. That that's where you think it would have went because when you got Dragon Ball and then Dragon Ball Z, those were like if you if you watch from Dragon Ball Dragon Ball Z, it all fits. It goes okay. You know, this moves to this moves to this. It all plays out. It goes works well, and then when you get into this newer stuff, it's either taking you back to Z, taking you back here, to changing this story to this because we have to make it. So it's like, wow, this is all totally it's like let's connect the dots a thousand different ways to make the picture. It's totally different than what it was, and you're like, <laughs> let me tell you exactly the moment, the last time I watched Dragon Ball Z, hmm. was well, or anything Dragon Ball. 
was when Goku was still dead and he was running on Snake White. Something Snake exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> Real quick, guys. I want to welcome I want to welcome a couple of people. Uh, my boy Big Tone. Uh, Big Tone, how you doing? Thank you for coming out. Uh, and the guy who did the logo that you see on the right hand corner, as well as the beginning of the show, my boy Brandon Randall from the Paradigm Strip Wrestling Podcast, he did both of those for me on a moment's whim. So, Brandon, thank you for that. It's good to have you here. And we also had a question How did the damn Android get so damn powerful in the tournament of power? Oh boy, saved the day in the tournament of power with the four fields. He saved the freaking <clears throat> And ended up winning the whole thing, not necessarily on him, but but because Goku and Frieza pretty much sacrificed themselves against Jiren. But still, those four fields came in handy during the tournament of power. I gotta give it to him, boy. You gotta give it to him. Oh my goodness, he was the MVP of the whole dark return. He was the MVP of Super. Sent, the androids were sent basically to like cleanse everything, and then when they got too powerful, then Cell was sent to take them and cleanse them by turning him into Super. It, uh, that's the story. The whole thing just went crazy because basically the androids came down to take over humanity. Then Cell, then Cell got loose. Cell came down to hunt them so he can get more powerful. Whole thing just went crazy. Then Gohan finally figured out Super Saiyan two punched your boy in the stomach. Android came out. Cell was done. Then he came back. They had a big fight. It's just crazy, man. It, and again, a big, huge rip the cinematic time. Oh my goodness! Anything? Any other discussion questions we got, Shaw? Um, yeah. Next up, um, the Flash apparently will is is starting on on filming pretty soon. We know that because Grant Gustin has shaved his beard. <laughs> Something he does every year. He did have a beard earlier. He did. He did. He had to shave his Corona beard. <laughs> <laughs> Supergirl apparently is also going to be either either it's returning to film this September or it's going to be returning in on TV next September. I think that it's going to be filming this September. I don't know. It's just um yeah, because it's, it's it's not supposed to film this September because um Melissa and her pregnancy. Yeah and. If that's not the case, then that means it's not going to be filming until next September. So freaking, that's you know a year from now, yeah. over a year from now actually. So yeah. My issue with Supergirl, I mean, my issue with Supergirl is the same as I took with Legends, because Legends went through hiatuses too of filming and and, show, and broadcasting shows. How long is the storyline going to be relevant to you before you just say to hell with it? I mean. If Supergirl not comes back to 2021, you're gonna forget what happened. Exactly. Yeah, that's, that's true. A lot of time. I mean, we do have um the Superman show that's gonna be that definitely airing. So maybe we should show up there every now and then. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, I think I, there's a star filming um, next month. If we're, if we're talking, I wasn't very keen on this whole the Batgirl show. Okay, mm-hmm. not to say that it, not to say uh-huh. that I didn't want it to succeed. Not to say that I don't like, you know, the LGB community. I have nothing against it. It's just when your writing is so bad, and I, I, I can actually tell you where your story is by episode two to three. Like episode one, I even knew. Mm-hmm. As soon as that showed up, I'm like, 
I, yeah. As soon as Alice showed up, I'm like, oh, she, she's her sister. Everybody looked at me like, oh, how do you know? It could be totally different. Episode two, pretty much, you're, it's like, if you were just following this much, yep. you knew the entire story. That's um, getting yeah. better. And I think that's the problem. That's the problem that I'm having with with TV and movies nowadays. Is that it seems like they're trying, they're trying more to push. It seems like they're trying to push more of a political message rather than writing a good TV show or a good movie or whatever. I.e., the remake of uh, Charlie's Angels and the remake of Ghostbusters. Yep. Yeah, I didn't believe they were the directors. You know, both the directors had control, and that's kind of what they were doing. You know what I mean? I mean, I'm, I'm Elizabeth Banks, that was what she wanted, you yeah. know, to do feminist bullshit, whatever. And Paul Feige, he does nothing but female um, parodies, you know? Yeah. I, didn't, yeah. I didn't mind the female Ghostbusters. I didn't mind it. Like, it was, it was, oh, it was okay to a point. It was the new <laughs> angels. <laughs> it, oh the new Charlie's Angels with oh. Charlie Theron as your writer, your producer, your director, and you act in it. That was where the problem gets with that. You know what yeah. I mean? So it's like. When your hands oh, that was no, that was that was Elizabeth. That was Elizabeth Banks. Yeah, Elizabeth Banks. Yeah, yeah, she 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 did that, and like, I don't see like I just recently watched the the um the the Charlie's Angels with Drew Barrymore, Lucy Liu, and Cameron Diaz. Look, to me, it still holds up. Both movies are still good. They're still entertaining. Yeah, I just when I look at, yeah, they're fun to watch. I just felt like. Charlie's Angels, and I and and I'm saying this knowing how much I love uh, Kristen Stewart. Like she just she was not the whole cast wasn't good in it. Yeah, all of it. It it just felt like it just wasn't. It felt like you were trying to create. Uh, how do I put this? Like Drew Barrymore, Lucy Liu, and Cameron Diaz. While they had their fun moments, they had moments where they were truly badasses, and you and you believe that they were badasses. Mm-hmm. The three that they had for the remake, you couldn't. I, I, Sans Kristen, I couldn't. I couldn't get into it. I just felt like they were just trying to. I don't know. It, it felt like they were trying to create badasses, and they didn't do it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, first, it, goes, first. it goes back. It really goes back to me when you're trying to do a reboot or anything. If you're not going to pay homage to the to, to the source material at any point, you're not going to do that. Okay, at least in the ghost. Let, let's look at the female Ghostbusters. You still had Bill Murray showed up. You still had cameos oh from God, original yeah. Ghostbusters. They backed the movie. They said, "Okay, this is an alternate timeline type thing." It's like us now being older, and they. You know, they retired of being Ghostbusters, pretty much, if you think about it, in that universe. But they gave it some backing. They gave it some love. They showed up. You know what I mean? It was, it was okay. Like, Bill Murray played the, the guy that they were trying to debunk. And, you know, uh, some of the other one, one guy showed up as a taxi driver. says, you know, I'll go anywhere, but I ain't afraid no ghosts. But I'm not moved, driving into Chinatown. It drives away. You know what I mean? Uh, 
the 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 black guy he shows up as the um the 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 uncle who has the hearse and then they literally change his hearse into the into uh being the 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 car and everything there was still kick to the original you still if you watch the original you still came into it going okay you know and there was funny parts Unlike the, Char- the, the 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 Charlie's Angels, they were trying to be Charlie's Angels that didn't even pay homage to the source material at all. Nope. Sure. So it's like, you know what I mean? Like, you, if you're not gonna if you're not gonna pay homage to the TV show, even like if we got the the movie A Team, least tried to stay to some of the source material, <laughs> and they had the they had Rampage, at least Jackson, at least trying to act like Mr. T. Like there was stuff that that you could go to. <laughs> They're trying to kick the source material, right? Now, see, people, people, see, people again, people shit on Batman and Robin, but I could safely say that Alicia Silverstone is a better Batgirl than than Ruby Rose is. You know what? Yeah. I, I, I've never had an issue with that movie. Never ever had an issue with that movie. Never. Okay, when I'm breaking down, if, if I were to say. If somebody said to me, okay, break down the four Batman movies, like, you know, Batman, Batman Returns, Batman Forever, and Batman and Robin, your 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 Batman first one is your darker original version Batman comics. Batman Returns was the more animated glowing towards that animated series. Um, your basically Batman Forever, you're getting into more of that campy, the 60s idea of where Batman went. And definitely the George Clooney was full on 60s, let's go 60s retro to that version. So that's what they were. They were paying homage to each version of a Batman that we know of. There you go. There, there they are. At least they tried to pay homage to something to Batman. When you get, you know, when you get these these movies that that take no reference, like I seen the new Robocop movie here not too long ago. Not to say oh. that I haven't seen it when it came oh, out. Oh, God. Yeah, there is no paying <laughs> homage to nothing source material. It's like, oh, no, don't, please, no. You know what I mean? And Sean knows, no. knows what I think. If, if if you bring back a character, you want to try to stick to much of that source material of that character as possible. Now, if the character is new, that's completely different. There's no source material there to come from. But if you bring a character in, try to stick to that source material as much as possible. And to get back on Batwoman for a second, I've never hated on that show for kidding to the LBGTQ community. No. I always hated that show because, again, the writing was terrible. And mm-hmm. I don't think Ruby Rose was the best actress for that role. Yeah. But that's the thing. They don't. They don't care. It's, it's. They don't. They don't care if that actor, especially nowadays, they don't care if an actress is good enough for that role. It's all about pushing a pushing a message, pushing a narrative. And, and, and that's my and, yeah. and that's my issue uh, with Stargirl. Hopefully, Stargirl doesn't turn that way once CW get that gets their hands on. Hopefully, it won't. Well, that, that, that's what I just said. Like, if if your if your source material. Like Batgirl could have been really good, or Batwoman could have been, you know, really well done. It was called Legend of Chun Li. I'm yeah. sorry. Um, she's got someone over here. Um, asking when are we gonna get a good a good Street Fighter movie? It was called Legend of Chun Li. <laughs> wait a minute, you th- wait. That was a good. Mo- I, I I don't know why I didn't like that movie. I don't. I, I've Thank seen you. it a few times. I don't yeah. know why I. 
I don't know why I don't like it, but I don't. I I don't know. Like the the chick that played Chun Li, I thought she she was right for it. Yep. But I it's just just something about that movie I just did not like. I there don't know what it is. The, the YouTube show that they had with uh, for Street Fighter, it was really good. It was a series that they had. It was showcasing um, Ryu and Ken. It was their backstory. Pretty much, I like I enjoyed that on that. That was that was really good on YouTube. Um, that was really good. That was solid, and I could easily see those characters and those people go on and doing a movie or whatnot. Um, but yeah, it, it, again, like with even with Mortal Kombat, you know what I mean. Like uh, the first Mortal Kombat movie was solid, and then you go do Mortal Kombat two, and you totally screw everything up and change characters and did. Oh, that movie was cheesy as a motherfucker. <laughs> that movie was so cheesy. There's so there are so many moments in Mortal Kombat Armageddon that I just I just go like, Ooh. and Street Fighter was worse. I mean, their Hadouken was a strobe light. Yeah, you don't really want that. <laughs> you know, the, like for example, for the if, if look at the first Mortal Kombat movie, it was good. There was a story. There, it was interesting. You had the, the bits of Kung Fu, but you also had the bits of characters that were from the ori- original game. I, I definitely love the guy who played Shang, um, Shang Tsung. He showed back up in he showed back up in that the actual new video game, uh, Mortal Kombat 11. He redid his character as Shang Tsung, which was perfect. Uh, but and then the yeah, second yeah. one, the, they changed the act oh. the actress who played um Sonya Blade. It was like yeah. the first oh, one. The one in the first one had was a fucking a legit badass. Yeah. I mean, she fucking when she fought Kano, I was like, "Fuck!" Like this, this you don't want to fuck. You didn't want to fuck with her. And then you look at the the one they did in the second one, and she's just a perpetual victim. It's just like, ugh. Like I get, I get the. I get the I get the hint in the movie where there's a part in the video game where Sonya is you know victim. I get that part. That's fine. You know what I mean. But even in yeah, and even as you're saying, even in the 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 movie, there's a part where Sonya legitimately she legitimately hits Kano and snaps his neck with her legs, killing exactly. the guy. Exactly. Exactly. You hear that? You know what I mean? She wasn't just like somebody's you know. Oh, come and save me! You know what I mean. If- Brandon, Brandon asked, "What would, what would be our thoughts on a Mortal Kombat series?" Oh, I there would. Were, if it's was- done right, if it's done right, know. and if it's on Showtime or HBO, I'd watch it. I would even say if if Netflix picked or it up, Netflix, and, yeah, and did it as an act, did it very well, live action series. You get the right people. I would even have some of you know the guys from the movie. Uh, to reprise characters, uh, especially the guy. Somebody did a those... fan movie of of yeah. like uh, with Michael Jai White playing Jax, and I was like, "Fucking yeah, get him as Jax." Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and Netflix and Netflix can definitely shoot it out uh, good because hey, they've done a few mo- and they've got like big name actors to come and shoot a few of their a few of their movie slash shows as well. So to see and- them do. To do a series, I think they could do it. And I'm gonna just throw <laughs> this out there: if they're gonna do it, Tony Jaw should be Luke Kang. Yep. Oh. Oh. 
Okay. Yeah. I would have a fighting style. Mm, nah. You don't think so? Not Tony Jaa. Come on, man. Tony Jaa. No, no, because no, he does not have a fighting style that's anywhere near what um Ryu's is. What he who he can play is um. Damn, what what what's that character's name? Um, the other character that this is Muay Thai. Um, not the guy, the other guy. Um, damn, what's his name? Jaguar, I think, or something like that. Really? Yeah, or or, or I would, Tony Jaw would be also maybe good as even one of the offset uh, ninjas, like you know Smoke, Noob Cybot. You yeah. could bring him. You can bring them in uh, in multiple different in, in multiple different factions. And that See, sense. that's a that's that's a Mortal Kombat. There's so many possibilities. Like in yeah. playing the like in playing the latest game, I thought Ronda Rousey played a fantastic Sonya Blade. I oh, thought I she agree. fit the rule. I thought she fits that. Yeah. Um, I, I, I honestly, I honestly agree. They, they had the right. Like, Voice acting wise, they had very much the right people. I like the story that they were going with on on eleven. I think, and that's another thing. If you're going to turn that video game into a, a, a television series, which there was at one point, and it was like uh, Underworld or something, Mortal Kombat Underworld, yeah. which was a crappy series. It was not well written. You have to be able to follow the, your source material. There's not very much out there. There's not very much comics and whatnot, but very much a live source material in the game. And you have to be able to really give these characters a great backstory. Follow Lu Kang yeah. and Kun Lao, you know, and how they, you know, they were, why they were. <laughs> Donnie Yen as Shang Tsung would be good. I could also see a John Cena playing Johnny Cage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, oh yeah. I, I still remember my very my one of my favorite scenes though from the original Mortal Kombat movie is is uh, Johnny Cage going after uh, Goro and Goro breaks his glasses and then he goes and punches him in the dick and then when he gets oh, up there those are, those are five thousand dollars sunglasses yeah oh like that that just the whole that whole fight scene that whole thing that was so well done that was hysterical man yeah <laughs> all right shall we get anything else. No, that is all, I believe. That's it. That's all we got. All right. Let's go ahead and before we wrap things up, I want to thank everybody for coming out tonight. I appreciate it. Have some people come through. Um, leave some likes. Leave some love. Um, again, thank you to Brandon uh, for, the, for the intro that he did. We'll play it on the way out. Uh, and for the logo as well. Brandon did that for me on a moment's notice. And, Gene, you can testify to that. He did it. Almost noticed they did a damn good job. So, Brandon, thank you again. Um, <laughs> this is Rob Weary. Rob, what's up? Another one of my paradigm shift uh co hosts over there. How you doing, Rob? Yeah. Rob, my man. I had to say that one time. I had to say that one time. <laughs> my man, Rob, how you doing, man? Um, all right, Ray, you got anything you want to plug for the man network, man? Uh, I, you're gonna get a word episode uh, this week. Um, uh, I'll listen to everything that's on the on uh, the Man Network. Got the word, fights of life. Uh, your fine show, of course. Your eighteen, your eighteen podcasts, <laughs> <laughs> including this one, including this one. You can hear on the Man Network. Uh, um, 
Uh, yeah, I think that's about it. Yeah, follow us on the Twitter at the underscore man network. Um, and uh, yeah, that's about it. That's about it. Gene, you want to go over the Aces of Eight tournament we got going on? Yes, yes. This this when this Wednesday we get into our first two night lovely sixteen competitor on both on both sides night one and night two. If they would if if we were actually having live wrestling, um. It's going to be breaking down phenomenal matches. I, I didn't write them all down right now, but Aces of Aces oh, yeah. is phenomenal. It's going to be great. We're also, don't forget, Will, and the, I know Brandon and all of them are listening. Oh, yeah. uh, don't forget to send me in your, your promo so we can get that done and we can get that set up for the very first night of Aces and Eights. So come on out, listen to us. It's going to be, you can catch us on the Paradigm Shift Podcast on the Facebook page, Paradigm Shift Podcast. On our YouTube page, we're also going to be streaming live in Will's lovely sports group and also on the Wrestling Boiler Room. And you can also catch me Tuesday nights, 7.30 Central Time at the Wrestling Boiler Room. And I do the lovely Dungeon. And we're going to have Chris Sales going to be on this week on the Dungeon. It's a 20-question wrestling show that I do. I'm in character on there as well. But anyways, it's going to be great. Come, come, come check us out. Uh, the wrestling, it's the wrestling boiler room on Facebook. I got to get on that. I got to get in on that, man. Uh, you, you will be on the next show. <laughs> get on that, man. Uh, Shaw, you want to tell people about your Justice League Memes of America group? Yes, please. Um, please join my Facebook page, Justice League Memes of America. We put memes. We talk about stuff news and all that please join that's it and last but not least i want to say a big shout out to a few people i want to say a shout out over to my good friends over at the rant want to say what's up to double a want to say what's up to tony c want to say what's going on with my man lee champion and the rest of the crew over on that side turnbuckle throwback philly phil ray my brother choppy over there doing it big time Never forget where you come from, guys. Never, ever forget. Then I also want to say what's up to all my compadres with the Man Network. Got one of them out here with Rage, uh, Mofo, Gabe, Hightower, my friend, Becca. How you doing, Becca? I want to say what's up to all my people over there. Don't be no Stephen A. Smith. (laughs) My friend. She's my friend. Not your friend. She's going to take you to HR, but she's my friend. HR, sir, but she's my friend. All right, guys, that's gonna do it. We've been um, we've been rambling for almost oh man, almost two hours. Wow, Mm -hmm. good topics going. You get good topics. You get the right people flowing. We we just start talking. The next thing you know, two hours has passed. All right, you guys, I'm gonna hit you guys one more time with what Brandon did for us. Um, in terms of the intro, we see the logo up there again. Thank you, Brandon. And we'll see you guys again next week. You guys have a safe week. And I'll see you next week, Saturday, 9 p.m. right here. We'll go ahead and do another stream. All right, guys, here we go.